Friday morning lights. Long fly ball to center. Going, going, gone! No! Shot! Score! Good morning, sports fans. Welcome to Friday Morning Lights. Episode 2, Month 2. Uh, we're not, we're, I, I'm not really sure what we're doing with that, but regardless, it is August of 2023. Welcome to the program. It's Rylan Turner and Kyle Joseph, and this is the program, the sports program, where Rylan listens and Kyle talks. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of that on this program. <laughs> there was a lot on last month's program. So get in gear because we are ready to talk about the NHL, uh, the NBA the uh like f1 right now is going to be really interesting to talk about so we're getting into it kyle joseph how are you i'm doing all right um yeah it's gonna be good i've got we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about some of it is a lot more waiting and seeing than maybe we have full-on results of things but yeah it should be interesting for sure I did want to start, though, before we get into those topics, um, a brief update on the Women's World Cup. Yes, let's jump into it, Kyle. So we're going to cover the Women's World Cup and the results of it next month, because I do think it's sort of an important championship, and because the matches themselves are the most important story, but we're not going to quite get into it until after the thing is complete. So far, Canada, as of recording this, is a win and a draw. They drew Nigeria. They defeated Ireland. They play Australia to see if they advance. Actually, when we're recording this, they do that tonight. But the big news that's come out of this is yet again more drama between Canada Soccer Association and the national teams. So earlier on, the men's team had put out a statement basically saying that they had made an offer that was going to allow the Canada Soccer Association to keep the majority of the money that they had earned from the World Cup rather than it going to the players. But they still haven't come to an agreement, and they're going to make more statements after the Women's World Cup. But suffice to say, they filed a cease and desist to Canada Soccer to stop selling their licenses until they've reached the agreement. Ooh, that's the women's team good. has come to a tentative agreement on financial compensation from the World Cup, but have said that this is ongoing and, quote, far from over. So, very quickly, I'll do a little bit of education in case you didn't know about this, because this is a story that is ongoing and developing. I'm going to involve so many lawyers and probably a bankruptcy. Canada Soccer Association in 2017, I believe, made a, a business deal with the people who are leading the Canadian Premier League. The owners of that created a trust. I'm trying to remember what it's called. Because Canada, Canada Soccer Association made a deal with some Canada soccer business people, and there's worries that the Canada Soccer Association is going to go bankrupt as a result of this. They have hired Jason DeVos, who was a longtime 
Canadian player in their men's national team to become the interim head of Canada Soccer. There's a group called Canada Soccer Business that had made an agreement in, I'm looking at this now, March of 2018. It's a 10-year agreement, and they have the option of extending it for another 10 years. Basically what it is, is it gave Canada Soccer a guaranteed amount of money every year, and then any money that is made from the media rights and sponsorships goes to Canada Soccer Business. In 2018, there was very little foresight in this regard from Canada Soccer because that number, uh, in terms of the rights, has well ballooned beyond $3 million a year, which is what Canada Soccer Business is paying them. And so, as a result, that is the revenue that they're getting from, from this business, and that's it. And so, when these payouts come from big tournaments, Canada Soccer Agency is trying to take the vast majority, if not all the money that comes from that so that they can keep the rest of their business afloat while they are trying to fund national teams that have much higher aspirations. The women's team, they really should have seen this whole situation coming. In 2018, later that year, they won their second bronze medal in a row at the Olympics, only to go on and win gold, as if you remember, at the 2020 actually 2021 games. They won the the Olympic gold medal. They're big business right now. And the men's team made their first World Cup. They're also really big business. And Canada soccer business gets to control a lot of that revenue, and the players are not happy. And so, yeah, it is an ongoing fight that is sure to be a situation. And basically... Jason DeVos, who's heading Canada Soccer, has said not to rule out bankruptcy as an option for Canada Soccer. So at the height of Canada Soccer's popularity and revenue-earning power, they have the potential to declare bankruptcy because of a terrible business deal they made in 2018. Yikes. Yikes. So we will keep an eye on this story because there are sure to be some really fun developments as it comes along. It's really bad news for the players, and it sucks that this is the situation that they're dealing with. And it's terrible that they have to negotiate this during the World Cup when the players should be focused on, you know, playing. But this is the situation of Canada soccer is that it has always been a bit of a disorganized, poorly run mess, but even more so, they've really amped it up now. Do you want to talk hockey? Let's go. Let's go. Let's talk hockey. So... Let's start with the Jets, because I don't want to talk too long on the Jets. It's fair. That's totally fair. The Jets are in a bit of a tailspin. It does appear like we're going into rebuilding mode with the Jets. Pierre-Luc Dubois has been dealt to the Kings before signing a massive extension, an eight-year deal with the Kings going forward. Blake Wheeler, I can't Did they trade or just cut him? I believe they traded. I think they just cut him. To, to, To the Rangers. Oh, did they cut him? Yeah, they just cut him. Okay, and he and signed, he signed with the Rangers. Yeah, which I mean, they smart bought, move on his part. Yeah, they bought out his contract, and now he has joined the Rangers for not that much money, but he's still getting paid the buyout part of his deal from the Jets. 
I wish him the best. He has done a lot of good things for the Jets, and it is unfortunate this is the situation that he's coming across. Connor Hellebuck, who has probably in the last five years been the best goaltender in soccer or goaltender in hockey. Yep. He has said he's not going to sign another extension with the Jets. He already did sign an extension with the Jets before, which turned out to be an absolute dream contract for the Jets. Six years, 37. That worked out really well to have a Vesna quality goalie basically every yeah. single year of that deal. But we're not going to have that going forward. Nope. Um, he's going to be leaving at some point. And whether or not they're going to trade him or they're going to wait until the end of the year, hoping to keep him around, who knows what the situation is. But as of right now, it's a stalemate. And the Jets are in a place where it looks like a rebuild is coming. I, I, I have a fantasy uh, trade for you with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Hellebuck for Price. I mean, I don't think that would work. I don't even know if Price is still playing hockey at this point. I think he might be. I feel like yeah, has he retired? He is retired, but he's had injury issues for a long time. Like he didn't. He played five games in in twenty twenty one twenty two. He didn't play all of last year. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll see. Would you if take the trade though? No, um, no, because it, I think he's going to retire. Okay, fair enough. I think the reality of the situation is that the Jets are just going to need to hope that they can develop up some, some more players going forward. I still think the play is to try to trade Hellebuck. It looks like they're not going to get that deal done in advance of training camp. So that means you're going to probably lose him for nothing, or maybe as a rental at the deadline. If the Jets are in a playoff situation... Yeah, you can keep them. If they're not, you might have to deal them for nothing, which you don't have it's to deal them for good. much less. It's not looking good, though. Nope. It sure isn't. That's the problem. It's a team that can't really attract free agents, so it makes it so much trickier going forward. The other big team, or at least a big one on the upswing, seems to be the Chicago Blackhawks are really pushing to... Not, I don't say they're like a title contender or anything like that. I'm not going to go that to that place, but they seem to be pushing to be a solid team. They acquired Tyler Hall uh, or Taylor Hall, sorry, and Nick Foligno through trade, as well as Corey Perry. That's a veteran presence. They obviously drafted Connor Bedard, who seems to be be the next Connor McDavid. He, like, let's be honest, he does look to be at that level. Yeah. Where he's at now. I mean, as an 18-year-old, he had 23 points in seven games of World Juniors. Yeah. Like, that's the like, thing. Like, guy, I don't think we can just sit back and be like, this is just a regular draft pick, right? I think this kid is special. Yeah. And we will see what ends up happening going forward with him. He looks like he's going to be a big, big deal. His 18th birthday, he signed his entry-level contract. So he'll be spending his year 18 season in Chicago, his age 18 season in Chicago. We'll see what happens with him. There's going to be huge expectations on him. And Chicago's, you know, they've added some pieces, but they're still not a good team yet. So good luck to him. 
And I hope I wish him the best, all the success in the world. Even yeah. if I have, you know, I don't wish that for Chicago necessarily. Yeah, that organization has been not the city. No, but the org- you're not They're wrong. Tired. The organization has been real bad for a real long time, and this year they kind of had their come to Jesus talk and they're trying to build something. I don't know what exactly they're trying to build. It's not a cup contender, but it's certainly not a team that you can expect to miss the playoffs. I think that they're trying to do something with it. Centering uh, an entire team on an 18-year-old kid is a lot of pressure, but like you said, Kyle, this kid like he's he's special. So, we'll see for Chicago next year or this coming season, I guess. Moving along, other big news, Ryan Johansson and Alex Galchenyuk are uh, trading destinations. Johansson going to the Nashville Predators, or to the Colorado Avalanche. These are guys who were, you know, bigger deals at once. In particular, Ryan Johansson, if he can return from his pretty nasty injury, and surgery to the kind of form that they would like him to could be a big move for a Colorado team that wants to get back to the promised land again. Interesting maneuvering in Toronto. Now I'm trying to remember the name of their ex-GM because they fired their GM. Uh, Kyle their... something, was it not? Kyle Dubas. Yes. I think Dubas. Yeah, I'll, I'll no, and that. I don't think they fired him. I think he left on his own accord, did he not? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, they, they oh, really? Okay, I didn't realize yeah. that. I thought he left on his own accord. So they hired him in Pittsburgh. Now, yes, he uh, Kyle Dubas is now the president of hockey operations in Pittsburgh. This guy looks like he's like seventeen years old. Yeah, he was pretty young when he got hired. So I think they're Pittsburgh's hoping that they can sort of keep the the train going with him. Meanwhile, Toronto hired Bradshaw Living from Calgary to become yeah. The I was just saying who got dumped by by Calgary, right? And this the is the son. New- sorry, this is the son of the famous Dragons Den uh, judge, is it not? Uh, Jim Treliving, uh who owns the owned owns Boston Pizza Chain. Yes. Yeah, that's him. Um, I could go for some Boston Pizza tonight. Anyway. <laughs> Their big signing for Toronto was Tyler Bertuzzi on a one-year deal. They're still over the cap, so there's still stuff they have to do to try to figure it out before going into next season. I think they still have $2 million they have to clear off the books, which tough thing to do when, you know, you don't really want to part with things. They still want to contend, but it's, it's a tough situation. I don't know if, like, honestly, Kyle, I'll put it to you this way. Like, I don't think they can anymore. Like, I think... This was the season that they were going to make the put. Like, they've already had Amazon try and make a documentary. And they couldn't finish it. So, I, I, as far as I've been told, Amazon has canceled that documentary. They're not releasing it because I believe the season that they captured, they ended up getting bounced in the first round. This year is the second round, but, like, just barely. Just barely. Yeah. And you went out to Florida, who, yeah, swept everyone. But I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I'm not a Maple Leafs fan by any stretch of the imagination, and I'm not ever, ever, ever going to cheer for them, <laughs> ever. But it's sad at this point because y- you've got guys like, um, 
Austin Matthews. Oh, Austin Matthews is great. Who else is on the team? Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner's been uh, fantastic. Um, who's the guy that they got from the yeah Devaris? Yeah. Like this is a team that should be going further than they are skill wise, but there's something missing. And I don't know if it's goaltending. I don't know if it's proper defense. I don't know what it is, but something has been missing for a long time. And it, like, if you're going to get there with this unit, you almost wist, missed this window. It's the same thing with the Jets. Like they had Line A, they had Wheeler, they had Shifley, they had Hellebuck in the net, they had uh, Kyle Connor. Like they, they had an elite team. But if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't piece together properly, you're not going to get there. And right now, I'm at a point with the Maple Leafs where I don't think that they've meshed properly. And let's be honest, they Austin wants to play in Phoenix anyway. They did make a couple of signings. Tyler Bertuzzi, I mentioned, they also signed John Klingberg, both to one-year deals. They seem to be trying to push for some veteran presence for this season. I think this is going to be their, their kick at the can. We'll see what happens at the end of it. I don't think they want to make any moves to trade away any big names, but we will see. They still have work to do to get under the cap. Yeah. A couple other teams of interest. Ottawa signed Jonas killer Pasala to a five-year deal. They also grabbed Vladimir Tarasenko on a prove-yourself one-year contract. And and quite frankly, like say what you will about Tarasenko, but that's a good deal for him. Yeah. Um, what, I will say, does Ottawa have an owner yet? Because Ryan Reynolds was rumored. Snoop Dogg was rumored. But I don't think they have an owner yet. I think the team is still for sale. Eek. So they're still Rough waiting. Though. I know there's been... Oh, no. They, I don't sorry, I'm wrong. So Michael Andlauer seems to be the person who is leading a bid for the Ottawa Senators. He was the owner of the OHL's Brantford Bulldogs. Okay. All right. Well, at least, at least he has other business too. Right, but at least he's got a hockey background. Yep. And he is going to be going forward as the owner. Apparently they sold for $975 million. Fuck, good for them. Good for them. I will say, like, I, I say at least he has a hockey background, but, like, I, I don't want to shit on Ryan Reynolds because that guy has been able to turn a uh, Premier League soccer team. I, I don't even know if it's Premier League. Probably not. They're not. But a soccer team into a worldwide sensation. So, uh, like, I, I when I heard that Ryan Reynolds was trying to acquire the Senators, I was kind of excited for it because I'm good. I'm down for another good documentary. We we are going to get to Ryan Reynolds later. Oh, excellent, excellent. Also of note, uh, I'll point out that Detroit seems to be trying to put together a couple of deals. They signed a few free agents. They've made a couple acquisitions. They've been missing the playoffs for a long, long time. I'd like to see them get back. Yeah, it's been absolutely long enough. And I, I honestly, I think Detroit could could definitely use uh, to have at least a contender again. It it's terrible to be in the desert, mm-hmm. not the literal desert like Arizona. That that's a whole other kettle of fish. But I mean the the long waiting drought of trying to get into the playoffs, but being unable to. Especially as like an original six team that has always been pretty okay. Let's talk NBA. Let's do it. All right. So we'll start with the NBA draft. We're talking about the NBA. Two real stories to talk about of note. 
The first is Victor Wembanyama. Wembanyama, sorry. The you did it better than I would. French giant who is going to be playing for the San Antonio Spurs because the San Antonio Spurs have the greatest draft luck in the history of luck. Every time they're bad, they seem to get somebody truly great. Tim Duncan, David Robinson were both first overall picks of theirs. They had David Robinson. He got hurt the year that they were able to draft Tim Duncan. But when Banyana, when Banyama, oh my goodness, uh, seems like he's going to be a huge deal in the league. And that is going to be story number one. We'll see what ends up happening because the Spurs are still a bit of a, not a great team. There, there aren't a lot of pieces there right now. So right. it will kind of be his show for a little bit. Also, I am fascinated about the idea. I want to see if he and the Stifle Tower in Minnesota, whose name eludes me right now, can coexist for an Olympic run. Uh, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Because Rudy Gobert, I think, is what, 7'2"? And Big Vic is 7'4". I want to see those two play at the same time. Just shut it down. Nobody goes in the middle. (laughs) The other big piece of news from the draft is the number of players that are top-level players who are not going to college and getting drafted, American players, I should say, who are getting drafted having not gone to college. Scoot Henderson, obviously, was on the G League Ignite team. He ended up going third overall. And then Eamon Thompson and Sir Thompson were both on City Reapers uh, in the Overtime Elite League. Right. So, different paths to the NBA now. And it's been interesting to see if those players who have gone to not the college background, but have gone through, you know, a more professional a more games-oriented background going into the league, if that's going to be a more viable path for people going forward and how that's going to threaten the college game. I'm it's not saying it's bad. At the very least. Go make your money. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. So we'll go through the news. We'll go through team by team-ish. We're not going to do every team. We'll stop where it's interesting on bigger on bigger deals. I do want to talk about Patty Mills because Patty Mills had a an incredible offseason. I don't know if you heard about this. I, I don't know uh, if he set the record. Educate me. I don't know if he set the record for teams that he never played for that acquired him. So Mills was traded from the Nets to the Rockets on July 6th, from the Rockets to the Thunder on July 8th, and from the Thunder to the team he's playing for now, the Hawks, on July 12th. Right. So he is now an Atlanta Hawk via three trades. As a player, how do you think that feels? I don't know. You get included in a lot of these different things. I do think that he's valuable. Like I do think Patty Mills still has value as a player. And I think he's you know a good, solid bench scorer. But we'll see what ends up happening. I... The Hawks are in a bit of a weird situation. They trade John Collins away this offseason, too. So we'll see what they end up becoming, if the veteran presence is going to help them. But time will tell. 
Two big pieces of news for the Boston Celtics. One, they reacquired Chris Stepps Porzingis in the trade. A big trade in a three-way trade with the Grizzlies and Wizards. And two, they signed Jalen Brown and gave him all the money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, five years, over $300 million, 304. Which is the biggest in NBA history, correct? That's correct. That's the record. It will hold on until next offseason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. What was the what, okay, hold on? What was last offseason? Jokic. And what did Five he sign? Years went two seven. Two wow. So they went up quite a bit. It's not like they went up yeah. nothing. Okay. Well, it's just a supermax deal. He is, was eligible for the supermax, so they gave it to him. There are a lot of people who are saying he's not worth the supermax, but Boston needs to keep these this team together. They made a run. They want to make another one. This is what you got to do. Unfortunately, the, the cost for entry is having to pay a whole bunch of money to Jalen Brown. Right. Moving on, not a lot of teams I want to super spend a lot of time on. I will make note of the fact that Kyrie Irving is coming back to the Dallas Mavericks. They brought in just a bunch of players uh, to return. They, they added Seth Curry. They added Tate Zoom. I didn't realize it was still in the league. Added Grant Williams. They seem to be wanting to make this Luca thing work, and we'll see if he and Kyrie can coexist this upcoming season, but that seems to be the plan. So that's that's something. I, the Golden I, I State Warriors. We, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I, I think that the Kyrie Doncic uh, era of the Mavericks is yet to really take full form. And I think that, honestly, Kyrie's on a team where he can compete. And they're not really worried about what he's doing off the court. So I just take it and leave it, man. Like you're playing with one of the best players in the NBA. And, and, and according to Mark Cuban, he's fully understanding that it's not his team and he has to just deal with it. So I don't think it's a bad thing. Let's not forget. Let's not forget. Sorry. Uh, let's not forget, Kyrie is still an elite player, and he can turn it on and be just as good as he always was. So it's just about w- what they can do with a full season, and we'll find out. Go ahead, Kyle. Sorry. All right. Golden State Warriors. Draymond Green coming back on a four-year deal, reportedly around $100 million. And they acquired Chris Paul in a trade. Yes. So they seem to be making another push. Also, Corey Joseph still kicking around in the league. A lot of veteran guard depth. Right. Golden State still wants to make one more run, and we'll see if they're able to do it. We're asking a lot of guys who are on the wrong side of 30, but Mm -hmm. there's talent there for sure. Absolutely. The Houston Rockets signed Dylan Brooks, who had an offseason. Probably cost himself some money in the things that he said, but there was a sign and trade. Four years, $80 million for Brooks. Fred Van Vliet also signed three years. I think it was somewhere in the range of 70 to the Rockets. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Three years, 130. Wow. Okay. Ultimate bet on yourself, guy. Yep. And good for him. A Raptor for yeah, years was- and years and years. Helped us win a championship. And while I don't think it worked after Kawhi left and after Lowry left, 
Um, good for him. I'm always going to be happy for that guy. Houston's in a situation where, you know, somebody's got to get points for them. Somebody's going to have to take shots, log minutes. They're, they've been quite a bad team. So, you know, I think Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet is at least a few, a couple guys who can be names for the team who can be a place where you can build around. Obviously, they had another high pick in the draft in this year. Uh, Damon Thompson was the person they picked up. If he can be a, if he can come in, he doesn't need to start right away. Freddie's going to be locking down that guard, point guard position to start. But yeah, the goal is to build for long term. That's what Houston's doing. We forgot about Tyrese Halliburton. Jalen Brown kind of stole the shadow from him a little bit. But Tyrese Halliburton, five years, somewhere in the $270 million range for him. The 260 appears to be the deal. Great, great, great player. The heart and soul of the Pacers right now. And yeah. <laughs> now the you need to build around everything. <laughs> yeah. Now you need to build around and now you need to put the pieces in place. And we'll see what they end up doing. They ended up with a power forward in, with the eight, who was drafted with the eighth pick. They didn't draft him, but there was trade involved in Jerry's Walker. We'll see if he can be Another piece that they can add. Time will tell with them. Russell Westbrook re-signed with the Clippers. Don't have a ton to say about that. Makes sense. I think they're still trying to do one more pick of the year. The Lakers had a very busy offseason. They ended up acquiring D'Angelo Russell. They They brought him back. They brought in Cam Reddish. They brought in a lot of guys and re signed a bunch of guys that were depth players. They're clearly trying to build up the depth that they've got in the Lakers, on the Lakers. That was part of the problem last year was they had to rely so much on, on the top guys. And the reality is LeBron, there's only so much you can ask of him at this point. And they're going to have to lean harder on Anthony Davis, and they're going to need that bench to step up. And who that's going to be remains to be seen, but they're hoping that D'Angelo Russell can be a contributor. Memphis Grizzlies losing players, never a great thing, but they're going to be an interesting team. They might be having some fun. They brought in Marcus Smart via trade. Derrick Rose they signed on. Yes, I heard about that one. That one's interesting. And we go to the Milwaukee Bucks who their big thing was they brought a lot of guys back. Burke Lopez, Jake Crowder. They're bringing in Thanasis. They brought back Chris Middleton in a long-term deal. And they brought in Robin Lopez. So the Lopez brothers are back together. In addition to the Antetokounmpo brothers. It's a lot of, I it's a band that. of brothers. It is. Definitely is. Anthony Edwards, we are not surprised that he's returning to Minnesota. We're not surprised that he got the bag as well. He is going to be five years, 200 plus million. I think has the potential to reach 260. Which that's uh, a lot of money, but yeah, Anthony Edwards is a guy who's totally worth it. He is the driving force of that team. Nikhil Alexander Walker, a guy who I think is uh, very underrated. He's coming back to Minnesota. They're building something. They just have to try to find a way to figure it out. I don't know if it's a new coach or what it is, but the Oklahoma City Thunder. Speaking of a team that are building, they added Victor Oladipo via trade. 
And the biggest addition for them, Chet Holmgren, who didn't play any of last season after being drafted first overall. He's coming back. He looked great in Summer League. We'll see what ends up happening with him. Might compete with Wimben Yama for the Rookie of the Year, which is going to be a very exciting thing. I didn't know that, so I'm excited to watch now. The Phoenix Suns appear to be trying to go all in. Bradley Beal, they brought in, obviously, via trade. They're going to be putting him on a squad that already has Kevin Durant, that already has, I can't even remember his name, their shooting guard. Devin Booker? Devin Booker. A lot of high usage guys. Bradley Beal's going to be running the point. I also like Eric Gordon still kicking around. He, they, they brought him in on a one-year deal. I think he's always a good bench scorer to have, even at this point in his career. Portland Trailblazers, while they did re-sign Jeremy Grant five years, $160 million, who was a good contributor for them last year, they didn't do enough. And they did draft Scoot Henderson as well, who is a pretty big deal prospect. I think that some people had him number two behind Big Vic. Portland is still, we're still on a wait and see with Damian Lillard. And he wants out. He stuck around for a long time for that team Mm -hmm. when they didn't really give him anything. I do think, personally, I think they owe it to him, but we will wait and see. Where do you think he fits best? Uh, I don't know. I honestly don't. I I mean, the Raptors are not going to acquire him. That is a team that I do think was a point guard away from being real in a really big place. But they seem to be wanting to do it with their current core. I don't know. Are teams that are a guard away from being at that high, high level... Cleveland, I could see potentially as a possibility. I don't know if you want to go there. It's tricky because with a team on the with a team on the rise, having a Damian Lillard would be a big contributor. But Portland's going to want a lot back, and that's sort of the big thing. Maybe Oklahoma City, but even then, they have Shea. Like it's there's some potential options, but I, I do think we're going to sort of wait and see. I think Shea fits perfectly in Portland, though. Yeah, but I don't think they. I, I think Oklahoma City would say that Shea is off the table. That's fair. That's fair. Man, the Washington Wizards putting together a squad this offseason. Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallinari, Mike Mascala, Kyle Kuzma coming back, Jordan Poole, Patrick Baldwin Jr., Landry Shamet. They're bringing in all the names that we've heard of. <laughs> and no Brad Beal. Good luck, Washington. Yep. Yep, Washington fucking sucks, man. I don't think they've won 50 games since the 70s. Yuck. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> John Collins, as I mentioned, left um, Atlanta. He's on his way to Utah. I think it's a nice pickup. Utah had a strong start to their season before they kind of bottomed out last year. We will see if they're able to turn that into something, build something out of it. Time will tell. Yeah. And then there's Toronto. Left them for last. Toronto re-signed Jacob Pertle, Jacob Pertle to a four-year deal. 
They brought in Dennis Schroeder as the guy who's going to be replacing Fred Van Fleet as the starting point guard. This is not a better team. I agree. But you're right. It's not a better team. So that's sort of the question now. They're in a place where do you start to consider moving some of those pieces or do you try to push for that one more hoping that you can get it together? The reality is they're kind of in a no-man's land with their current roster composition. And they've got a lot of guys who would be super valuable to trade. Rebuilds are not fun. I don't recommend a rebuild almost ever. But I feel like they have to do one of two things. They either have to start contemplating the rebuild, either this, you know, starting this season, maybe going into next season. And you know, hold on to everything or get rid of everything who's not named Scotty Barnes. Or you make a move and try to get someone like a Damian Lillard. Try to get a big name to see if you can't have one more kick in the can. We will see. At this point, what did they have to lose? The last time they did this, they won the NBA championship. It's true, but that's the thing. There have been other teams who have taken big swings who made it to the second round and then bottomed out without any draft picks. That's the big thing is Damian Lillard's probably going to cost you three years of draft picks. Are you willing to make that sacrifice? Time will tell. That's the NBA. Wait, wait, wait. We need to talk about James Harden. Do we? What's this guy thinking? He's got a good thing going in Philly. Has he? Is it like you can tell me because I know you're, you're, you're ready to go. Has he demanded a trade? I don't know. I maybe. Hold on. We'll find out. It seems like he's requested a trade. It does seem like he's requested a trade. He wants specifically to be traded, I think, to the Clippers. I don't know. He wants to be traded. We'll see where, what ends up happening with him. Honestly, the one thing I'll say is. I think he's pretty definitively the third best player on the Sixers. Yeah. Which is saying something. So, but I do think he's valuable to the Sixers. I do think having a guy like Harden, who maybe can't be that James Harden every night, but can still do it in bursts and bring you scoring on a night where maybe Embiid doesn't. Right. There's value to that. Especially on a team that wants to compete. But, I don't know. James Harden... The problem that James Harden has right now is he can't be the best player on a good team at this point in his career. Does he know that, He can be the best player. I don't know. I have no idea. And that's sort of the question is, are you in your older age willing to humble yourself to stick around and and continue to compete? Or would you rather – because there'd be value to him being in Houston – it's a team that needs somebody to take some shots, but they're not going to win. Not winning a chip. So it remains to be seen. We'll see what happens with James Harden. I'm sure it's ongoing, but he and Dame seem to be the two big names that are still up in the air. Right. But Damian Lillard, I think, is a much bigger name at this point than James Harden is. Or at least in terms of ability. I 100% agree. And like you said, Kyle, that's the NBA. Yep. Let's talk about some car racing. Let's do it. This Formula One season has been an interesting one. 
It's been an interesting one. So, the first thing we have to talk about is Red Bull is laying waste to the field. So far this season, there have been 11 races. We are recording this in advance of the weekend we're recording this is the Belgian Grand Prix. There have been 11 races. Red Bull has won all 11. The season so far started with Verstappen winning, then Perez won, then Verstappen won, then Perez won, then Verstappen won seven in a row. Hungary, he didn't get the poll. Lewis Hamilton took the poll from him. He still absolutely wiped the floor with the field. It's not just that Max Verstappen is winning these races. It's that he's winning by 30, 40 seconds over the next biggest competitor. This Red Bull car is on another level, and he is on another level beyond the car. It's one of the most dominant seasons of all time. And at this point, I don't think he needs to win another race to be the champion, and Red Bull certainly doesn't. They are having some concerns with Sergio Perez. He hasn't... After a very strong start to the season, there's there's some questions as to whether or not he's going to be able to hold down that that job. And there has been some flirtation with our old friend Daniel Ricardo, who is back. Yeah, he was he was their third, was he not? Uh, he was the third for Mercedes. He was the test driver okay. for Mercedes. Looked great on the track to this point. He is now signed with an Alpha Tori. If you don't know this, is the number two, it's sort of the B team for Red Bull. They've got Yuki Sonoda as well driving this year, but they added Ricardo. Ricardo finished 13th in his first race, which for AlphaTauri, it's not bad. We'll see how the rest of his season goes. I think they're hoping that he can pick up some points. There's a possibility that the reunion could take place where he could end up in that Red Bull second seat next year. And do you think he's humbled enough to take it? Yes. (laughs) No hesitation there whatsoever. He started the year off the paddock. Like, he started this year as a test drive. That does something. I mean, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. And let me tell you something. Whatever my feelings are about Daniel Ricciardo, he's better than being a test drive. Oh, absolutely. He deserves to be on that question there. Mm -hmm. The only thing is, he deserves to be on that grid every week. If he doesn't get that job at Red Bull, then I think he'll probably stick around with Alphatore. That's not a place where you're going to be able to compete in any kind of meaningful way. The the competing teams, of which there are now, appear to be five, though we're going to talk about the sixth-place team because they're very interesting. Right now the standings are that Red Bull is far and away ahead of the field. Mercedes has certainly picked out their season. They are currently in second, and, you know, we're starting to see Lewis Hamilton start to really pick up some points at this point in time. Got his last few races, he's got some podium finishes. George Russell is still a pretty solid driver as well. Aston Martin has been a revelation. Fernando Alonso has been on the podium six times this year. That's nuts. That's nuts. Good for Fernando, though. And this is a now, guy, too. If I, if I, if, 
I, I'm remembering correctly. He's okay being the bad guy in F1. Yep. And, yep. and, uh, he, I, I love a guy who's like, I'll be the heel. Fuck it. Let's go. Man, this, he he's has, what, in his 40s? Uh, yeah. I think he's like 41, just over 40. 41, yeah. What's <laughs> interesting is he is in third place in the standings behind the two Red Bull drivers. He has six podiums. Lance Stroll has zero podiums. That's not great, but his dad owns the team, so he's fine. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Ferrari having Ferrari having what you consider to be a disappointing season, only two podiums all season for them. Though, as we are recording this, Charles Leclerc is on the pole in Belgium, so there's a chance at least that he'll be able to compete for a podium position. Because, and, but he's on the pole because Verstappen took a penalty. Okay, the team did it intentionally. He's starting in sixth place because of a five position penalty because he is using his fifth gearbox this season. Not to get too into the weeds, but you're only allowed to have four. If you add another one, then you take a penalty for that race. They did this intentionally. He's going to win anyway. <laughs> last, I love year he won, I love last year he won this race starting, I think, 15. He's sixth. He'll be fine. He's just so much faster than everybody else. But the other interesting news, um, McLaren, Mercedes. Uh, McLaren, they're back. They're in fifth. They're starting to feel pretty good about it. The season seems to be starting to go well. Lando Norris is in second place his last two races. Right. So they're they're starting to, to pick up some points. We might see them make a charge at the top three. It'll be a bit of a distance at this point. But if they continue to get some good results, which they like they have been consistently, they might be able to make that move. Renault, on the other hand, uh, now Alpine, the French team, have a disappointing season. They just let go of their principal as well. One podium this season for Esteban Ocon getting on as in third place, but help is on the way. 200 million euro investment from now minority owners, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McLehenny. No way. Yes. I love it. We're getting another documentary. Listen, listen. I'll say this about these guys. Like, pe- people want to shit on the fact that these rich actors are buying teams. But if anything is proven in the documentary they did about Wrexham FC, they care about the community that supports this team. And I feel like they're going to put the money and the time invested into this team. I love this. I love this, Kyle. They want uh, uh, Alpine wants to compete. They want to compete with the top teams. Do you think and this the is way- a direct response to Ryan Reynolds being outbid for the Senators? I think it's definitely a consideration. I don't think he would have done both. Um, okay. I think that it's pretty cool to see. Are we going to see him make an appearance in Drive to Survive? Time will tell. But guaranteed, it's Ryan think- fucking Reynolds. That is the big story. This, by the way, this only just happened uh, in June, so it's pretty recent story. Much, and so yeah, that's the situation right now. That is pretty much what we've got for F one. A lot of interesting stuff going on, and I think that's all we have for the sports show. 
That is true. Friday Morning Lights is coming to a close. But before we do that, I want to remind everyone that next week, next Friday, we have our Wallop Rewind where Kyle and I are going back to the year 2001. We're continuing the Invasion storyline. We're talking about SummerSlam 2001. And I think everybody who listens to our program should check that out. It's going to be a great show. Kyle, I've got so much to say on that show. So I'm excited to do that one. But thank you, everyone, who has listened all the way to the end. Uh, Kyle and I always love doing these sports shows. Kyle, send the people home happy. You have been lit. Have a good, have day, a good afternoon. Yeah. You have been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.